Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Previously on Brain Buster Boys. This sucks. Yeah, fuck this show. Straight fuck this show, man. What's that? Huh? What? What are you talking about? You see that pile of mail over there? Dear Brain Buster Boys. The Book of Turner. Dude, what the fuck was that shit? One second of you today, have you ever read The Book of Turner? What? what? No. No. Hold no. Hold yeah, please, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. We'll take it. I got 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 it. Why? You. You who speak the word of Ted, come with us. Oh my god. The exact What in God's name is going on over there? Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. It's always been there. Is that a it's, al- it's, al- it's always been there. What the it's, fuck? It's just been under the skin. I don't know about Deep, that. Deeper, deeper down. And while we're on the topic, yeah. uh, what was this uh, YouTube uh, copyright uh, thing from Warner Brothers, uh, aka uh, Turner's Parent Company? Oh, that, 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 that. Yeah, what? Uh, I mean, I think it's just kind of funny. I think but it's like, just a, the... just a. I think it's just I okay. Mean, I've, I've, I've again, okay. I've, you know, I've had oh. enough of all this Turner crap. It's, uh, it was a joke, uh, and now it, they're like they're interfering in our show. Just let it go. Just you know, they're just. It's, and what was that meeting you were doing last flow night? Thing. Just don't. What, wor- what was don't, that? Don't worry about it. You gotta shake people, it off, man. There are people. You gotta do, shake it off. Show the show. Yeah, let's do the show. Show time. Last week I thought we got the train back on the tracks, but we didn't, and now we have copyright infringement issues. And uh, what the hell's going on here, dude? I think, you know and. In the eyes of a higher power, things enough, like copyright are, are powers, not are, are enough. Not Turner, an enough issue. Book of Turner, enough meetings, enough brand marks. I'm tired. I'm done with this. And you know what? I'm done letting Turner execs, whoever the hell this is, interfering in our show. So we're not doing NBA on TNT this week. I'm done with that. Even though I'm an NBA fan, but done. <laughs> 
NBA on TNT, Tuesday, February 2nd. Nets, 124. Clippers, 120. Kyrie Irving, 39 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. James Harden, 23 points, 14 assists, 12 rebounds. Kawhi Leonard, 33 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Celtics, 111. Warriors, 107. Jason Tatum, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Steph Curry, 38 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals. Thursday, February 4th. Warriors, 147. Mavericks, 116. Kelly Oubre, 40 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Luka Doncic, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Lakers, 114. Nuggets, 93. LeBron James, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Jamal Murray, 20 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Yeah, no more NBA. We're sticking to AEW. That's what the show is. That's why we started, or, you know, that's what we plan to cover. That's what we should be covering. Uh, so we're sticking to it. That's the core I, here of this show. Yeah, I know that information. I know, I know, so, I, know uh, I know, I know, I know. No. No. Yeah, and speaking of which, <sighs> I mean, we had, come on, we had a huge dynamite last <laughs> night. You were here, you came here, things were good, you were lively, you were having fun, and we had an incredible, incredible moment last night, and we'll get more to it later, but mm-hmm. the forbidden door between AEW and New Japan has been cracked wide open as Kenta came at the end and he hit John Moxley. Yeah. How about that? Snuffed yeah. hit watch right out. He did, he did. He <gasps> what did. do you think about that? Oh, uh, whoa, 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 wait, we'll get was, into that. It, it, was, it, was, it was insane. I, it was insane. I, I don't know how I felt. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But, uh, man... Uh, Tony Khan really shaking up the wrestling landscape here, and I, I love it. I'm fired up about it, and I can't wait to talk more about I'm, it. I'm glad you're excited. Yes, sir. And speaking of Kenta, today's, if you recall, we're going back to Pro Wrestling Noah Autumn Navigation 2006 European Catch uh, for Kenta versus Naomichi Marafuji. For the GHC Heavyweight Championship, Marafuji was the champ. This is a classic match. One of the, you know, top, you know, top, not, top, not, top, not, 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 one of the best matches in all of Japanese professional wrestling. Um, you know, when Kenta kind of came out last night, you know, we're thinking of what we do for, if you recall, it's like, let's take it back to Japan. We haven't really talked about that yet. I love Japanese wrestling, and I think this is a good one to expose you to. Yeah, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I thought you did. Just come on, shake it off, dude. Um, so, uh, yes, we are now into Diet Pepsi for our Star Wars Episode One AEW comparisons. Looking forward to getting to the women this time with Queen Amidala and Padme. So we'll finally get to involve the women's wrestlers here. Excited about that. Yay. And uh, you know what? I say... Screw Turner Execs to, for today's movie. We're going with the Meg, baby. We're going with what they copyrighted us for. Because I say cease and desist my ass. Cease and desist that new logo I made. Uh, I don't give a shit anymore. Come at me. What are you going to do? Cease and desist. Well, can you hold it together for sounds Dynamite? Like it sounds like a snake. Like a serpent. Can you hold it together for Dynamite? This was uh, yes. a great show. Yeah. I look you, at me, I'm together. You held it together last night. That was a lot of fun. Come on, let's get back to it. Okay. We need to. Okay. All right. There's the Meg. Yep, there's the Meg. It's just shitty Jaws. It's like Sharknado trying to be Jaws. <laughs> Statham. Have we seen Statham yet under the No, top? no. Shockingly. He, he, yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's like very tarpy. Oh, but yeah, incredibly. I haven't seen him yet. So he's not a tent pole yet, yeah. but he's let, let's say he's stakes. He's yeah. staked his claim. Yeah, he's definitely a stake. 
Well, this is a very tarpy movie, just straight up. Absolutely. Like, it combines like nature disaster, like nature fucks you over. And nurture. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, just some action hero. Oh, yeah. Chase scene. Yeah. The, like, I mean, brink of death yeah. every every time. Yeah. They weren't creative enough to be like, oh, yeah, we need an underwater battle against this shark. Let's do the same thing they do in Star Wars. <laughs> Let's have a ship fly the fuck around everywhere, loop-de-loop everywhere, where the shark chases you. You know, like, they can't do, like, anything, like, unique or underwater or scary. Underwater! Well, the, the and the reason Jaws works is, like, you know, you're out of the water. You're, it, But it can, like, fuck you up in your element. Yeah. You know, so you're not safe. Fuck! Per- no, no, like, perfect. Yeah. Like, like no Back ramifications. Back yes. Instant. Yep. Yeah, classic dark. Yep. Just undo all the insanity yeah, that just yeah, happened. Yeah, just completely ignore it. All right, AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Beach break, February 3rd, 2021. Uh, let's just go ahead and start and kick it off right with Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Hit Watch. Oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. But really, it was Kenta who hit John Moxley, as we talked about in mm. the opener. Um, you know, we just want to get right down to it. The forbidden door has been cracked wide open. <laughs> Here's our surprise. Oh, it is Kenta! Oh my god! Holy shit! So, I didn't even tell you this. Moxley attacked Kenta on New Japan Strong. They actually fucking did it. Holy shit. So, he was the person who hit the attacker. Correct. Well, I don't, yeah. Probably. Consider the forbidden door... A jar. It is. And Beaumont, we talked about on BBB Live. I mean, I initially thought that this Kenta situation would be kind of a temporary arrangement between New Japan and AEW, given that they got to get the U.S. title belt off John Moxley. He couldn't get into Japan for the last year. But uh, Dave Meltzer reported the day after that, like, this, the working relationship is in place. Uh, not too many details beside that. And obviously, like, as soon as things get back to normal pandemic-wise, there probably will be a lot more crossover. Uh, but for the time being, it'll likely be, you know, all the New Japan guys that are in the United States. But, man, uh, what a way to end this show. And just, I am just so excited about the future of this partnership. And I can't wait for you to kind of get more ingrained to uh, New Japan and everything going on as well. Yeah, and I mean, with our, if you recall... You know, this was a really good kind of sell me on a day. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, I'm definitely interested. Um, this match, you know, I'm going to call it a, a retroactive plot match. Okay. Um, yeah. We kind of went into it thinking it was going to be, you said this match was for pride. Yep. You know, it was just going to be six of the best wrestlers yep. in AEW and I guess Impact technically yep. with the Good Brothers, um, you know, going against each other, just a good match. And, you know, um, it wound up, again, having story ramifications. Big and, time. <laughs> and these guys are fighting again next week, right, yep. with Moxley and Kenny. Um, yes, yeah, so next and, week it'll be yeah. Kenny and Kenta against yes. Moxley and Lance Archer, who okay. randomly kind of got involved at the very end right before Kenta came out. But, yeah, we're going to see Kenta right into AEW action, which is definitely going to be very interesting. Exactly. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, a really good match. It was... 
Like, I think somebody on commentary had said that, you know, particularly the uh, Moxley, Pack Phoenix team, oh. they're all good individual wrestlers, but maybe not so great as a tag team. Because Moxley's never teamed with them before. Yeah, yeah. It was Dan Callis actually touting the chemistry of Kenny and the Good Brothers and mentioning that those three don't have it like they do. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think that showed, but I don't think that was entirely a detriment. Just because you had... Six good individual wrestlers doing good individual things. There wasn't yep. so much in the way of like team stuff as it was just like six people fighting in a ring. And uh, that is what I think was sort of the high point of it, what I, what I enjoyed the most about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great match, and I didn't even announce the result, but Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeated Pac, Phoenix, and John Moxley in 15 minutes, 24 seconds. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, this started off a bit slow. Uh, you know, each guy kind of getting in and getting their stuff in. Um, but before the break, and it really kicked up after the commercial break, but there was uh, one funny line from JR early on that geeked you and I both was, the pace changes, the climate changes. Yeah, I know. He must be a big, uh, I don't know, he must be a big activist now. <laughs> and but, just, you know, I think what he meant is like each time a new guy right. comes in, they're all such different styles. Yeah. But yeah. The, it was, the climate of the match changes. It was just a funny, but, funny line. But, you know. but um, it, the commentary was very snippy. It had that, you know, antagonism with like Dan Callis and yep. um, Excalibur and Shivani. Yep. Um, and I think compared to like um, yeah. um, um, Royal Rumble '92, put that cigarette out with a uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yep. Um, that sounded a lot more natural. This that sounded. That is <laughs> no, this sounded. Um, this one sounded a little bit more rehearsed. But again, it wasn't in the foreground. It didn't really bother me. But on our second watch, I noticed that. Yeah, and so I mentioned it live, and you know, again when we rewatched it, it was just th this was a lot of Phoenix, as I said, just showing off. But I meant that you know, as a huge compliment, like he looked incredible. And really after that break was when he finally kind of got in the match because he was in there for like two seconds earlier. Yeah. And just he comes in, hits a big step in Rana on Kenny, nails Gallows with a, you know, a flurry of big kicks. And then he jumps and gets the insane hang time yeah, off the yeah. rope with like a flying headbutt. Yeah, fly, a diving reverse headbutt. Yeah, and then what, he's, he called. quickly yeah. is about to get attacked by Kenny, slides under the ropes, and then Pac immediately drop kicks it. Like that... <laughs> chemistry between yeah, those did. two was yeah. tremendous yeah. there um and then pack and phoenix hit the double moonsault on the good brothers phoenix comes back in remember he does the backflip and comes up short and yeah. then backflips again into the cutter just like highlight after highlight after highlight from phoenix just like it was in the kenny match mm -hmm. um but then kenny does get the advantage with a nasty snapdragon suplex from phoenix outside into the ring um, we get our first V-trigger of the match, but then Phoenix kind of comes in and does another crazy spinning kick. Like, he's doing all sorts of madness. A deadlift German by Pack gets a very quick close near fall on Kenny. Uh, Mox and Kenny, after, you know, the majority of the match, are finally going one-on-one, -on -one and they're exchanging punches. Um, again, there's just so much that went on in this match. Um, Omega ended up hitting a paradigm shift himself on Moxley, but then Pac broke it up with the 450 splash. I mean, man, just so many big moves there. Especially there at the end when it kind of turned into chaos. And especially yeah. I think you were describing that moment where they all three team up on Kenny. Yeah. You know, that was because they were all kind of doing their individual styles yep. in tandem there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that had a really good Both pose. sides kind of did. They got to the moment uh, where like each guy would slide in and one would do a move to one and then someone else would slide in and do it to the other. Mm -hmm. um, and it ended up with 
Moxley hitting Anderson with the gun stun, which is his move. Phoenix does a moonsault, but then he gets caught by Anderson with a big spine buster. The magic killer from the Good Brothers and the one, two, three. And yeah, we already talked about the post-match stuff, but you know, I noted when we watched it live, it's like that match ended at 9.58. That match ended at 9.58. And we're like, something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, it's Hit Watch. You know, this was... Yeah. We had teed this up as Hit, as hit Watch's biggest... Uh, and Hit Watch night. was pretty calm yeah, just it, because Callis stayed on commentary. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, you know, knew what was going on. Yeah. Like, oh, he, yeah. Like, he, saw he doesn't want to be hit. He saw as the we've said. His glasses were fire engine red. <laughs> you know, you could, you could see it. it. It was blaring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, one thing that's telling, we, we were talking before the match when we got it, you know, over some La Rosa Cincinnati pizza, mm-hmm. um, the family deal, we were LCP. eating it, yeah, and um, we talked about how, like, we've been teeing this up, we've been hyping this up so much, but we kind of hoped that it wouldn't happen Yeah, tonight. we didn't so, want so it to So this happen. can keep going, and it is, and yeah. like next week, it's going to be on high alert again. Yeah, you know? absolutely. They're, so like, he and Dan Callis will be in the same. Let it ride, baby. Hit yeah. watch. Hit watch. Um, but real quick about Kenta, like, you know, I actually didn't even tell you until that night that Moxley had attacked Kenta on New Japan, which was a big deal. I still just didn't think this was going to happen. And yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yet, I was, you know, in the moment, obviously very surprised. Not shocked, yeah. but very surprised. And again, just, wow, just exciting shit and just can't wait to see well, where all this goes. Well, and way back when, whenever we talked about, um, whenever there was the episode where the mystery attacker hit Moxley during the weigh-in, mm-hmm. you know, which with still hasn't been addressed. Yeah, it hasn't been addressed. I assume I, you know, because Kenta kind of came in in sort of that mask year. And I remember you said, well, like, you know, it could be Kenta. He would have a few with Kenta, but yeah. that's impossible. Back know? then. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seemed impossible. Yeah. And, um, but I, I kind of thought it might've been the good presented as the good brothers, but uh, yeah, they really haven't gone back to that. So I'm glad you brought that up because it'll be interesting to see if they do revisit that, because that was such a big thing leading up to that title match. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, great, great stuff. For Just sure. wonderful stuff. So we wanted to cover that in the beginning, obviously, because it was such a big deal, uh, reminiscent to how we covered the Winter is Coming episode when uh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. Uh, so we'll go back to the beginning here. Uh, and match number one, this show started with Chris Jericho and MJF defeating several teams in a tag team battle royal in 11 minutes, 37 seconds to become the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Yes. I think you and I initially kind of had our sights set that the Young Bucks would maybe win because they teased it. And, you know, we talked last week that we felt that it could be possible that they were building for MJF Sammy at Revolution. Right. Um, so we're kind of like, well, if that's in our head, then they're not going to win. But as the battle Royal got going, like you could tell that's kind of the direction it was headed. And Matt Jackson got eliminated early. Uh, I'm happy about it. I think it'll be really cool to see them against the young bucks. Yeah. I mean, I think that is in terms of plot stuff, um, kind of the most compelling direction in terms of, you know, two different storylines converging. Um, but again, there are lots of good teams in here. Um, You know, I I was glad to see, uh, Darius Martin, yeah, make it to the hang, final hang, three. Yeah, hang in there until the very end. Yeah, um, our, our boy Max Caster actually eliminating MJF. You know, he had a decent showing in the... Like, that's the thing. He, these guys can wrestle. Was Bowens the first eliminated? I think it was uh, Dante Martin of Top Flight okay. was the first. Then it was Reynolds. Okay. And then I think Bowens was... Yeah, he was out early, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, Caster hung in there for a really long time. He was like time. final four. Yeah, yeah, Because then Darius Martin eliminated had, him. And, and as we said, he got MJF out. 
out. Yeah, too, that was, you know, a, big, was a big you know, out. I remember out. jokingly when we were watching it, I'm like, what if Caster threw out MJF? And then it actually happened. Yeah, it did. And um, uh, yeah. MJF had some nice eliminations. Um, he got Evil Uno after a brain fart, as yeah. JR said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, MJF took out Nick Jackson. Um I feel like he got, yeah, and he eliminated Jungle Boy. So three big eliminations for MJF. Um, just, you know, want to note just a few things. Isaiah Cassidy from Private Party in the very beginning doing the girl scream. Yeah, those two, t- those two factions are groups. Isaiah Cassidy diving off the top. The pool was out. And like face planting in the middle of the ring yeah. was no, such a yeah, game. Yeah, just hilarious. Like, you know, what a, what a way to start this thing off. That was uh, and and I and I didn't catch it whenever you know they showed it because like the camera was off. You yeah, could yeah. just hear it. Well, the camera was off and it just looked like anybody doing any old move. Yeah, you know. But then when they showed the replay, we, we were just like, died. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we had hornless Luchasaurus. Nice continuity from last week. He really got he dominated for a while, uh, which prompted Shivani to say, "Look at the bodies." <laughs> and uh, he ended up choke slamming our boy Beef Grayson out of the ring after Beef oh, had yeah, a nice, by, by his underwear. Yeah, by a nice oh, show. Oh, Stu John. Yeah. Yeah, and and then <laughs> Evil Uno actually eliminated Luchasaurus just prior to his brain fart. Um, there were two of those in a row where, like, Luchasaurus, you know, like, celebrated and flexed his muscles. Yeah. And then, you know, got eliminated. And that happened to Silver, too. Yeah, Silver, Silver had a big move. Yeah. Silver double suplex Santana and Ortiz. And then, yeah, they immediately dumped. They picked him up and just dumped him out of the ring. Kind of a hard landing. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Jackson eliminated both Santana and Ortiz. The Good Brothers kind of pulled the rope down on Isaiah Cassidy. And Nick Jackson's like, what the fuck are you doing? I want to win this straight. And then he gets dumped by MJF, as I said earlier, but then classic MJF and Jericho do the Young Bucks pose, yeah. just really driving it in. Um, but yeah, we are we kind of already talked about every the ending. It ended with, so Darius Martin was actually final two because Jericho, inter, uh, inter, uh, because Jericho eliminated Sammy uh, inadvertently, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Sammy was trying to get Darius out. And then Jericho dumped him. Which, that's good story-wise, too. Yeah. you think MJF would always be doing, like, the raw deal stuff to Sammy. Yeah. And this time it was Jericho, so it means a lot more. And it was cool know? to see MJF not make it to the yeah. end and get eliminated by Max Caster as much as we may dislike him. Uh, but, yeah, nice to see Darius make it to the final two. Uh, Jericho hit him with the Judas effect, and that was that. I think this was better than the Winter is Coming Battle Royale. I agree. Yeah, yeah, this was it was a lot of fun. There were just nice moments. It was, you know kind of chunked out well where everyone kind of got a chance to shine uh yeah fun stuff and like we said some intrigue uh within the inner circle which has continued and been more compelling week after week we'll get more into that uh but yeah seeing jericho mjf take on the young bucks will be fun and as we talked about last week jericho we need to see him in these tag matches that's the spot exactly i agree uh but yeah fun 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 uh, then we had a very quick Jade Cargill promo video. Boy, she's fucking jacked, and she just looks great, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see her wrestle. We are, yeah, you know, like, absolutely. Get away from the got? microphone and do it. Yeah, yeah. and um, I'm sure it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a little fun with Jade yeah. uh, over uh, the uh, 
last uh, yesterday yeah yeah because there was a there was like a logo up there like jade now has her own logo yeah, it and looks you, like a superhero logo and you were tweeting with uh some yeah. folks yeah uh i guess i don't want to read it verbatim because that yeah. would tee it up for a goldman medal which i don't think this this is warranting we're of not that. yeah we're not awarding one yeah yeah week. so um we want to kind of keep that sacred yeah and um so this guy was talking about how it looks like a dc comics logo i think it was that b mac yeah. Guy, B yeah. underscore Mac. Yep. Uh, I think it's him. He's followed us for a while. We followed him. And um, I said, you know, yeah, you know, it's er, 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 that whoever made that logo must read a lot of DC comics. Yep. That was it. And so I typed, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if they had never read a DC comic and just played the Injustice video games? Yep. Which, do you know th those games? They're I a, don't know. They're a fighting game. They're run on the Mortal Kombat engine, and it's okay. all the DC heroes and villains. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, you which know, we, she then liked which, the tweet. Which, which she then liked that, and then we kind of took it. Your a, other yeah, one. we then kind of took it a little bit further. Uh, you know, we, um, you know, I made a joke about that Zack Snyder uh, Justice League thing, and just which called it Jack Snyder's Jade Cargill yep. on HBO Max. You know, I don't want to go into all the context. And she on that. liked both the tweets. So she did. Thank you, Jade. We so, love you. But uh, then Turner. we go to it's the world go around. Tony Schiavone uh, interviewing Sting and Dobby, and mm -hmm. mentions that Dobby will have to. Defend the TNT title next week against Joey Janela, which I like as a Janela fan, but a lot of people online were saying this, and I agree. It's like, what has he done to deserve this title shot? Same as when he fought Kenny uh, earlier as well. I agree. Like, let's see Janela more on TV or give this shot to someone who has won some matches, I think would make a little more sense. Um, and very quickly after Tony mentions that, we get... Hold up, hold up, just a second. Yeah. Our boy Taz popping in. Just hanging again. out outside on the Jumbotron. Yes, because they were not allowed in the building this week after they uh, assaulted some staffers in the parking lot, which we talked about at length. Uh, but he did say they'll be back in next week to watch the TNT title, and they'll be keeping tabs on Dobbs. Dobbs. Just really leaned into that one. We have tons of nicknames for Darby Allen now. Yeah. Old Turner boy and will always, uh, yeah. be the one. But uh, what do you got for uh, this week's hook look? Hook look. Uh, yeah, he uh, had the shoulder fanny pack on, yep. which, uh, you know, I thought was pretty cool. His That's hat a was, new touch. Yeah, his hat was over his eyes. He had the hoodie on. Again. Really covering his eyes. Yeah. Couldn't see much of his face yeah, again, this week. Again, he was silent. Posted, like, yeah. like, like, you know, every time I see this, I just come up with theories like, okay, what, does, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Why did they choose to bring this guy in? Because yeah. they were like, he was training with Cody. And yeah. then, like, off screen. And he's Taz's son. Yeah, yeah he realigned with Taz. Like, yeah. you didn't see Taz go to Cody and, like, steal him back. Well, they you did know? reference it once, saying that now that he's here, he's with Team Ten. It was a very brief mention, but that was it. Right. So and so, like, I don't know. It's just kind of fun. Like, it just seems like they've just trotted out just this random guy. Yeah. You know, to play this character who doesn't really do anything. <laughs> but he beat up those guys at the merch booth he last did. week, he did. and you know, showed some attitude. So, so I'm, I'm wondering when they're actually going to use him because, and, like, I think it would not make any sense for them just to bring this guy on. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to yeah. wrestle at some. I think he is just still so young and inexperienced that he probably behind the scenes yeah. is still training like Jade Cargill as well. Like, she's never wrestled before, so it's just taking time to get her ready. Yeah, yeah. But Hook's going to wrestle at some point. Uh, real quick, Ricky Stalks mentions something about Sting and that he's not the icon anymore. You're going to get hurt playing in the jungle. And he's like, good luck next week. You're definitely going to need it. I guarantee it. And, uh, and Sting finishes it with, you don't think I'm the icon anymore? Take a closer look. Mm -hmm. So... 
you know, not quite as good as the stuff from last week, but still good, building the match well. But like we said, I'm glad it's kind of, you know, we kind of know what Sting's sort of agenda exactly. is. And they can kind of use him We're for building to now. something specific now. Exactly. So. Yep, and then we had a brief Britt Baker Thunder Rosa promo, kind of giving us the backstory here, which brings us into match two, where Dr. Britt Baker defeated Thunder Rosa in 13 minutes, 10 seconds, in what we called uh, probably the best women's match on Dynamite since the Thunder Rosa Serena Deeb match. Yeah, it was a good one. It got good billing. You know, yeah, it's not the yeah it wasn't towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was her second match. Um, yeah, you know, it kind of started off Thunder Rosa just charges right at her um and then Britt baker really kind of takes it to her in the beginning yeah but she, sort, w- she yeah. went for that lockjaw right away yeah instantly and, yeah thunder kind of got out of it but yeah and um again no it definitely you know kind of once picture and picture got out yeah you know like you know our um main event you know kind of really took off after that um you know you talked about um how great Britt Baker was at performing the Sling Blade, was it? Yes, yeah. Now yeah. that's one of the best ones you've ever seen. Yeah, well, a lot that of good moves in this That wasn't match. Tanahashi, yeah. but yeah, like Azar and I have talked about Seth Rollins and WWE never doing a good Sling Blade, and you don't see it very often. But hers was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the Death Valley Driver yeah, from Thunder Rosa on Twice, the stage, I think. and then yeah, in the ring as well, she hit her with a back suplex, and then right into the the Death Valley Driver as well. Uh, that was towards the end, but we also had the rolling pinfall, similar mm-hmm. to Dax and uh, Jungle Boy from last week. Um, um, and then, kind of towards the end, Thunder got her in the armbar, which she had early on in the match. Uh, but Reba, Britt's assistant, took that middle turnbuckle pad off up. for the exposed steel, and I'm like, that's obviously going to play into the finish. Uh, Thunder kind of kicked her away, and Britt, of course. Uh, Bopped her head right into that exposed steel turnbuckle, popped on the lockjaw, and she passed out. So referee stoppage. Uh, but yeah, this was a, a very very solid women's match. You know, everyone knows we're big Thunder Rosa fans mm-hmm. here, and everyone knows we fucking hate the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, but Britt Baker, you know, again, we've never had anything against her as a character and a wrestler. Just we like joking about it. But she's been really good well, these past well, few weeks well, with the waiting room and everything. Too. Yeah, it was a very satisfying payoff to that building storyline. For sure. Line, I thought. Yeah, just you know, good, good culmination. Just that. well done overall. I agree. And we've never t- really talked about how close Thunder Rosa's name is to Ponderosa. <laughs> I don't think we've ever mentioned that. <laughs> no, we haven't. Ponderosa, great buffet restaurant in the nineties. Digging for sure. <laughs> Uh, then we had a Hangman and Big Money Matt promo in Matt's dressing room, which was actually from last week. Basically, Hangman agreeing to one time only being in a match, uh, which leads us to match number three. Hangman Page and Big Money Matt Hardy defeat the Chaos Project, or the Order Project, as you like to call it, in three minutes, 58 seconds. The Order uh, Experiment. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Uh not much to say about the match. It was quick. It was, you know, a squash match, so to speak. Uh, but the real story here was at the very end when Hangman hit the buckshot lariat, Matt tagged himself in and stole the pin, as he did early on in the private party story with those guys. And they were like, what the fuck? And Hangman, he was not too happy about it, just kind of like, uh, whatever, and like hesitantly kind of raised Matt Hardy's hand. Yeah. Um, but real quick, we've kind of talked about like where's Hangman going at Revolution and that kind of the dissonance between those two. I don't even know if that's the right word. Um, 
just kind of made me think maybe this is where they're headed. Maybe Matt's going to turn on Hangman at some. You know, we got a month to get Probably. There. I don't think Matt Hardy's intentions are, like, benevolent. No, not at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. And um, I'm really looking forward to the day whenever we see Hangman in, like, a story that's not just about, like, where are you going to do, Hangman? Where are you going to go yep. from here? You know, you've, you know, sunk down to this, you me know. Me too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to when he gets back into, like, these main storylines with other things driving the plot other than like his status yep currently where when he, he and kenny had such a great run with the tag titles and that was the story for so long and then he lost to kenny in that eliminator match uh at full gear and yeah he's just kind of been dark order and now matt hardy which again i've been entertained yeah i was entertained by the dark Order. i almost forget about that. yeah i was but it was still like that whole story of will he join will he not you yeah. know he's kind of half in and that's kind of how this is with Matt. I agree with you for sure. And I would like to see him versus Matt in a singles match. And I'd like to see him beat his ass. Mm. Um, but I could also see Matt getting a cheap win and they kind of keep it going. But, uh, I hope that doesn't happen. But that's my guess for what Hangman's doing at full gear. Because I think we've brought it up a couple times on this show. You mean Revolution? <laughs> yes, I do. Mm. <laughs> and then we head to Marvez back in action this week. You got three nicknames for him written down right here. Go for it. Well, I have Reverb Marvez because instantly you heard like, you know. Because they're in like a hallway. Yeah, yeah, big concrete hallway, big yep. concrete corridor. We had Jellyfish Jelly, Marvez. Big Jellyfish yeah. mural there. And then I named it Man of War Marvez after the lethal jellyfish. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. I dig it. But yeah, after an absence last week, our guy Marvez is back uh, with... Jericho and MJF kind of just really brushing by him real quick with a cooler of bubbly after they won uh, the Battle Royal. They're basically saying, we're the future AEW World Tag Team Champs. And I love that uh, MJF is like, that's what I'm talking about, Mark Vez, and kind of just shoves him mm-hmm. away. It was good. Um, but quickly, they went into the locker room. And, you know, Jericho's like, we did it, we did it. And Sammy's like, we didn't do it, you did it. And he's like, why are we always the collateral damage? And he's like, you say we're in this together? I'm not so sure. And Sammy leaves. And like you mentioned, like, it was different this time because it was Jericho, Mm -hmm. not MJF getting one over. Yeah, and that kind of pushes the thing along. And that's, you know, I'm glad that happened. You know, then we have the closed door thing where, you know, MJF is like, we need to talk about Sammy. I don't think he said Sammy specifically. He said, I think it's high time we have a conversation. He's like, Wardlow, why don't you take care of that? And and, uh, one other funny detail I guess we got to mention is... um, the TV in the dressing room yeah. was showing. It was about like 10 seconds behind. Yeah, it was showing dynamite. Yeah, it was showing dynamite. So you could see like Chris Jericho and MJF Walk. walking down the hallway while they were in the room. Yeah. And I'm just imagining like behind the camera, people like noticing being like, oh, fuck. And like yeah. scuttling around. Where's the remote? Where's the remote? Do yeah. you have it? Do you have it? And then like eventually someone downloads a universal remote yeah. app on like their phone. Like seconds before yeah. the segment and ends. just hits it and then it t- turns it off, which uh, that killed me. Yeah, and that, that was, was on second view. Hard yeah, to, hard we did to find. not catch that initially. But real quick about uh, Sammy, you know, we talked about him and MJF potentially going at Revolution. That's not going to happen. So we talked about this on BBB Live is I think what is going to happen is Sammy will end up turning face somehow, whether it's them attacking him or him attacking them after Revolution, and then that'll kind of steer the build toward double or nothing with right. him and MJF. I mean, it makes sense, and that time, you know, that story will have time to develop with Sammy as the face character now, mm-hmm. and not having to feign, you know, being friends with MJF. So stay tuned on that. But uh, yeah, the inner circle stuff has definitely been. Uh, good, good stuff here these past few weeks and months. And uh, speaking of good, good stuff. The wedding of Kick and Pip. 
just absolute garbage, dog shit, nonsense, just... And it was long, too. Long as hell. But even going back from, you know, two, three weeks, like, this storyline has just been poo-poo-pee-pee. It's been going nowhere. It's boring. It's not compelling. It's not funny. And... I'm not saying that, like, this is just a rare, rare miss by AEW. Well, well, I think they have, you know, tasked Miro with, like, being the comedic anchor of this, and he's just not. Yeah. You know, he's just, you know, can't, like, be, like, outwardly, vocally. Like, he's funny when he's doing, like, physical things. Yeah, like, like whenever, little things. Yeah, whenever he did that from episode two, whenever he booked it into the ring, <laughs> you know, like, scuttling, like, <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Yeah. You know, going in there. Like, that was funny, but, like, when he has to, like, Say things that are carry funny. Yeah, yeah, carry. And like he's had to do this the entire time, and it just he doesn't have it. And I can't blame him for it because you know they put him in this position. And it's just not all his fault. Like that's not none of it's compelling material either. Um, but I mean, really, the most compelling part of this was the officiant, who we didn't know who he was at the time, and still don't. But we learned. That his name is Sinister Jim Mitchell. Which, that's, I have an uncle named Jim Mitchell. Is who's he, a wrestling fan. Is he Sinister? Uh, occasionally. <laughs> and Sinister Jim Mitchell was just a big greaseball, wasn't he? Just like being oh, kind of real slimy well, he, he and was, perverted. Like, 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 he, like he kind of, you know, took up like 70% of our conversation. And it was just saying, who is that guy? Yeah. Like, what's up with his eyebrows? But he was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like those pointed down eyebrows, yeah. weird facial hair, but he was way tighter than anything going on. Like, he was the only part that was even somewhat interesting, and it was just because he was, like, real creepy and perverted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so... We were, like, laughing at him. Like, we not were. La- not laughing with him. Yeah. Like, you know, so, like, that that's another <laughs> knock on the segment, too. Yeah. Um, you know, like, kick. Kick and his vows talks about something about Penelope's chest and Pip mentions something about his big and she gets cut off. Just like dumb, dumb, stupid lines. Yeah, and then we have the big payoff coming where, you know, the butler who has taken absolutely zero Charles meaning, Taylor, which has not been, been humiliated the dumbest at all, bullshit. has stood there silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole time yeah. for two weeks. Uh, he... He ends up, uh, what, he handcuffed uh, Miro's foot to the bottom rope. You know, we all knew this was leading to Orange Cassidy popping and There's out. There's a big human-sized present. Which I like thought, like, ring. 100% chance that's Orange. Obviously, it wasn't. Miro kind of knocked it down. But then, then I'm like, okay, well, he's obviously in the cake. Yeah. Which he was. And, yes, he did his move, which was called Beach Break on Kick, um, while Miro was still fucking hand... And, it was just terrible. Yeah, it was. And, and we love Orange Cassidy. We love Chuck Taylor. Just this was just a miss on all accounts. Yeah, and you said that's rare, like just a complete total miss that AEW very has had rare. many of those. It, you know, I love this show and I love this company, and like, there's very few times where there's stuff that I actively dislike, yeah, but this was yeah, one of them. Yeah, it seemed like you know they, they someone had the idea to do this, you know, and they just you know they they made they had all the ingredients to make the cake. Yep. And they just didn't bake it at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it, it, they just did not, like, they weren't able to get it past, like, the rough draft, raw idea phase. Yep. It, it just stayed the exact same And that's same the whole static. feud, not, mm-hmm. just to, not just the wedding, but the last month this has been going on. Uh, but, boy, I'm just glad it's over. Me too. I'm guessing we're going to lead, we're leading to a tag match between Kick and Miro against Charles, well, Chuck, let's call him Chuck, the Kentucky gentleman in Orange Cassidy. And I bet it's going to be a good match, and it should be a good match, but, uh, Done with all this dumb bullshit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, then we had a quick cutback to Shaq challenging Cody Rhodes. 
which we now know the match will be Shaq and Jade Cargill against Cody Rhodes and Jobber No More Red Velvet, which will take place on the March 3rd Dynamite and not Revolution because Revolution is the same night as the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, that'll be fun to which, see which, Jade. Which, which you can find on Turner Network That's television. correct. Um, fuck them, though. Uh, but, yeah, so fun stuff to come with that. And then we go into match number four, where Lance Archer defeats Eddie Kingston in a Lumberjack match in nine minutes, two seconds. And this was a big downgrade from their match last week, right. which I really enjoyed. Um, it was just kind of unorganized, you know, off the rails, shit just going, you know, and, and, haywire. And not, not really memorable. And not entertaining. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone knew what was going to happen. It was a rematch of what of last week. Where Kingston and, uh, cheated with the knuckle duster to beat Archer. It's like, we all know Archer's going to win. Yeah. And, uh, yep, it was just... You know, don't want to say it was a letdown just because I kind of was like, why are they, you know, doing this yeah. again? Like, couldn't they let that sit for a little bit? Let Eddie Kingston Ex- talk. Exactly. And kind of really kind exactly. of feel things. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Talk. But, um, but, I agree. But, yeah, I thought it was, you know, like I said, not memorable. Yes. Like, you know, I do not, you know, like, we, I didn't rewatch that twice, but, like, details are still scanned. And I didn't rewatch it either, but, you know, read kind of a recap. And, yeah, I'm like, eh, yeah. I mean, there's really not a whole bunch to talk about here. Yeah. Um, you know, Archer did some cool moves. He had a full Nelson slam, kind of chucked him, chucked, chucked Talk. Kingston across the ring, the splash from the top rope. He had the big jump outside the ring where he dominoed every, like everyone out there fell down, which was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, remember like, the, like Butcher and Blade ended up getting oh, in the ring and then those big dudes, one of them was named like Bear Bronson and oh, the other was yeah, Boulder. Dark, yeah. They have a name. I don't like, that was at least something like one of them put, uh, I think Blade through a table, but yeah, this was just a bunch of nonsense. I'm not going to say it was pee pee poo poo because it wasn't that bad, but yeah, just meh. And uh, Archer won it with the blackout slam. Um, yeah, Archer, you know, it happened in the main event too, where he just came out and attacked Kenny and the, like, he's just kind of been randomly inserting himself in places. Yeah, he's their utility guy. Yeah, which almost. I'm not, like, yeah. I'm happy to see him. He's like very good and solid and he hasn't done like a ton in the way of like great matches and feuds in AEW. He's had some, um, so I'm happy to see him involved, but I want to see like a more straightforward feud with him because yeah. he kind of just inserted his way into the Kingston stuff. Now he's inserted his way into the Kenny stuff. Well, and, and like, you know, all these other people are kind of like the talkers like Eddie Kingston uh-huh. and then Kenny and Dan Callis and everyone he's kind of in cahoots with right now. And like Archer is kind of like the guy who runs in there and like disrupts stuff, but he's like... Not really involved in the plot outside of just, like, being there. Yeah. You know. But I'm happy he's there, and he's got Snake the Jake with him. He does. Who got into it with Angelico for a bit outside. I think he hit the ground kind of hard. He was fine. But, yeah, uh, again, happy to see Archer involved, but would kind of want to see a more central story from him. And I'm sure it's coming. Sure. Um, Then we had what we called the backseat promo with FTR. Who look? Who looked like yeah, they were tell sitting? Us the scene. Well, it looked like somebody. You know, they were in a room. They were. They had been banned for. Um, yes, Tully they, Blanchard's coke coke toss. Yeah, the chowder toss. They got suspended yeah. last week after the handcuffs and yeah. throwing the powder. So they're yeah. not in the. They weren't in the battle royal, and yeah. they were not happy. About yeah, it. and they were sitting in these three seats that looked like they were ripped out of the back of like a minivan. They were yeah. like leather. Yeah, and they were all together, and they're all sitting in them, and you know they're they're kind of complaining about what's going on. They deserve a title thing, and then we hear a. 
you know, like I heard, yeah. I was like, what's that sound? Yeah, and we're then, like, what is and, that? And they pulled over, it's Marco Flint, you know, just <laughs> tied down. Flynn? What? What, what, what is it? I, the, the, uh, Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt. <laughs> Where does Flynn come from? I don't know. That had to be on purpose again. No. <laughs> Marco Stunt, a.k.a. Jar Jar Binks. They, I guess they kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put tape over his mouth, and Tully kind of like patted him on the head. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be leading towards um, probably a the proper match we should have gotten, which was FTR against Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. That might be at Revolution, and I'll tell you what, that's going to be an awesome match. Yeah, it is, especially if the uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Dax Harwood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially if that's in the indicator. Yeah, and like that match was so great. And like I've said, like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy as a tag team are great. So this will be like the first kind of big match you get to see with that. Like it's going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And uh, I guess that takes us back to uh, the end. It. That was the beginning. What burns my ass? Ass. I'm just going to get it started this week and just stay true to form and give it the trifecta three weeks in a row. The Miro kick, Pip, wedding, Charles bullshit segment burns my ass yet again. Um, For lack of anything better, uh, I'm just tired of it. Glad it's done. I'm ready to see the match. But uh, Tony Khan, I love you so much, but uh, do better booking Miro, please. He deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess for me in life, L-I-F-E. Mm. Um, I'm always doing laundry, and this is I'm me, my burning my own ass. I'm always doing laundry. Like, I started at, like, 8 or 9, and then, like, right before bed, I'm, like, folding clothes. And, like, that is not the best thing to do while you're winding down. Like, no, have you ever had to do not that? at all. Yeah, because you're, like, clothes are, like, nice and warm and stuff, and it always, like, I don't know. It's, like... Laying down and going to bed before actually laying down and going to bed, and it kind of ruins you a little bit. That's why I always leave mine in the dryer. I have clothes down there in the dryer yeah. that have been there for a week. Yeah, and it's like pathetic. That, like the last two nights, you know, because I folded laundry. I think two nights ago, I, I've been sleeping on the floor, man. Because <laughs> your bed is full of laundry. No, no, just because like I fall as like for some reason, like if I need to fall asleep, I'll like go lay down on the floor. Like, okay. I'll put, like, a blanket down and then take my stuff down there. And it's, like, usually between the bed and the wall because I like feeling cramped. And for some reason, the hardness is, is, is comforting, oddly. So, yeah, I mean, this is where doing my laundry late, you know, leads me to. Yeah. You know, so uh, I need to make some lifestyle changes. So have you been able to sleep with the Mean Jeans put that cigarette yeah, out that, 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 that hasn't plagued me. As much, but you as, have been having dreams of both Jade Cargill and Greg Goldman. Yeah, yeah, but both of them have featured, <laughs> featured in separate <laughs> dreams. I'll, I'll say separate dreams. Jade, I don't remember the context. Goldman, I do. Yeah. Goldman, I do. He was with somebody else, and like we were excited to hear what he sounded like. Yeah, we were like, you know, oh, we are excited, Greg. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, we'll sorry be... your Mets did not get Trevor Bauer. What a shame. Sorry, I uh, inadvertently broke the news to you, buddy. But uh, what a yeah. shame. Oh, is this Dwight Schrute? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is Dwight Schrute. Like, it's just like this movie just throws stock characters at you, and it's like, yo. Yeah. Like, here's a wacky scientist, you know. Yeah, the Meg's biting through, come crashing through that glass right there. Like, you know it. <laughs> like, it's coming. Look at that. Like, why are those um, 
sets, like those screens spinning around. <laughs> like, you know, like, could you imagine watching like, oh shit, you know, you gotta wait for it to make a whole nother revolution. Like, how would that ever be useful? I know, like, what? Like, so they're, they're looking for this whole new, like, area deeper down the ocean. All they find is some shitty giant shark. Like, that's a pretty bunk. For 1.3 bill. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, there's a giant great white shark that will eat you. You know, not, not a real, like, you know, doesn't really push the ball along, you know. Oh, Fuck these guys. terrible. Jeez, like, I'm glad she's the only one that survives. These guys, Yeah, these guys stink. Yeah, they're fucking... All right, yeah, the Meg's going to pop out of that darkness, you know it. If you recall, Beaumont, for the first time we head to the land of the rising sun for Pro Wrestling Noah's Autumn Navigation 2006 European Catch on October 29th, 2006. We have the newly AEW Kenta mm -hmm. challenging Naomichi Marafuji for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. In what is just a banger of a match, one of the best Japanese wrestling matches I've ever seen. And, you know, as you know, and probably the listeners know now too, I'm a big fan of New Japan and, you know, got really into Japanese wrestling you right, know, right, in yeah. the early onset of the pandemic, just like digging in. And I'd seen this match before because it's a classic, yeah. but really kind of wanted to start exposing Beaumont to some of this stuff because, you know... I want to be talking about, you know, Japanese pro wrestling a little bit more, but I figure what better time to dive in than when we have this official crossover, the forbidden door opened up, and we've got Kenta even wrestling on Dynamite next week, as we talked about. So. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was very um, exhausting match in a good way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in a good way, like, you know, yeah. like, 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 you know, you got a return for your investment. Yeah, and you yeah, got yeah. to kind of feel that, the drama, the build-up, the you know, kind of pulling on your heart a little bit and you get really getting invested. But, you know, just right from the top, just want to kind of point out a couple of things that, you know, are different is you see the streamers flying in. Yeah, it was like a fifth birthday party. Yeah. You know, you know, like a quinceanera? Yeah, fifth birthday and party. a ton of yeah. them. And that, New Japan doesn't do the streamers, but it's the Noah All Japan, like the other promotions do it, which I think is interesting. Yeah, they, they were piled up. Yeah, they sure were. The Green Ring, which uh -huh. I always like the Green Ring of Noah. Um, New Japan's is always blue, mm -hmm. but I like the Green Ring. And uh, just the general crowd observation. Like, this is yeah, something I always try to tell people that haven't seen Japanese wrestling is like, and you noticed it right away, is the crowd is mostly quiet. Mm. They're seated. They're right. respectful. Uh, they're ooing and eyeing. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of what were your just general observations before we really get into the match, just like of Jap the Japanese aesthetic and style? Sure. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about, I guess, the crowd. You know, everyone's seated. They're, they're mostly quiet, you know, respectful. I think you said reverent. Yeah. You know, it seemed a lot more like, and I don't know what that building was normally used for. I mean, it definitely looked like an arena, but like yeah, it had a, the, it, the Nippon Budokan is a pretty large, yeah. you know, built like sixteen thousand people. Yeah, so, so. so, so, so like a, a small, like a, a sm smaller NBA arena, like maybe yeah, a couple thousand. Probably have small. like concerts and what you know, whatever. Some sort of yeah, there. big sport in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, sumo it, wrestling. Yeah, maybe. It, it had the feel of you know theater a, a theater yes, kind of thing absolutely um but the quietness i think particularly in the beginning has the really has a really strange effect because you just hear the guys you know in the ring you know especially when they're kind of getting each other in holds just screaming and yelling yeah, the and slapping, slapping of the yep. floor yeah. yeah um you know it made it makes it seem a little bit more sporty because you're not just mm -hmm. hearing like the stuff as a result 
of the plot. Yeah. You know, uh, I think you know out of this match has been the furthest thing from a plot match. Yeah. I think that that we may have seen. <laughs> yeah, or I've seen so. in the course of making this uh, show. Yeah. Well, you know, I I thought you would enjoy this. I but did. You never really know because it is very very different from what you know we see here in America typically. I mean, we definitely you know I mentioned Eddie Kingston has kind of wrestled this style. We saw like the pace and kind of hard hitting and Kenny and yeah. Phoenix, but like you know these guys kind of took it to a new level. It and is you, insane. You said it amidst we were watching. It was just brutal. Brutal. Yeah, not a lot of pomp and circumstance. Um, nope. You know, I don't watch MMA, but it seemed like it had similarities. Very MMA to, to, to MMA, particularly like the holds in the Kenta beginning. when he yeah. kind of had his legs wrapped around yeah. Mara Fuji's yeah, it, chest. It, it definitely got more wrestling at the end. Yeah. When people were jumping off the turnbuckles yeah. and off the top, you know. But the big strikes remained yeah. throughout, especially from Kenta. The kicks to the chest, mm-hmm. Mara Fuji kicking the head, back and forth slaps, yeah. you know, back and forth punches. Like, that definitely was a theme throughout. And yeah, just some high-flying stuff from Mara Fuji. Early on, he does a springboard inside-out DDT. Big drop kick outside. Um, but the big move oh. is uh, Mara Fuji kicks Kenta over the guardrail yeah. into the crowd. And you're like, oh, wow, they can go into the crowd. And then yeah. I'm like, just wait for this because I'd kind of teed it up to you. You did, yeah. Uh, Mara Fuji does like a a missile moonsault almost he gets like no hang time and ends up just drilling his jaw and throat just yeah. like full force into the guard yeah yeah and it, like we're like fifth 10 15 minutes yeah into yeah this and, match. And, and, yeah and like you know and kenta's busted yeah, open yeah after yeah, that yeah. and they, they had already like taken so much like particularly yeah. the chest like stomps and yeah. stuff and like at that moment you would just think like oh yeah like in a american match this would be near the end yeah but and they like, still went 20 oh yeah probably and, and, plus and, and, minutes and the after. speed and the intensity increased despite all that um, pretty much immediately damage they had taken yeah, yeah. and it was just uh it, it was really just um like cringy is a bad word for it, but like you know, it had that kind of feel where you're like, oh my god, these guys are putting themselves through this. And yeah. It, it, but 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 you know, it was hard not to watch. Yeah. It's, you know, it was. It's not the compelling. easiest thing to yeah. watch when you haven't seen it, but yeah, it is compelling. It's dramatic, and it's just, it's a fight of really who can outlast the other. Yeah. Really. Um. You know, so many near falls at the end, but, uh, just some really cool moves too, like Mara Fuji doing like. The balancing act on the ropes, and he bonks Kenta's head into the yeah. pole. Um, he he went for the sliced bread move, which yeah. I mentioned, and Kenta just picked him up and just launched him out yeah. of the ring. Uh, just so many big moves. Kenta doing that double stomp from the top mm. rope to the outside. Yep. The huge running knee, and then one of my favorite parts. Um, they do like all the series of the suplexes where they're literally just dumping each other on their heads and they get up immediately. Call the no cell. Yeah, call yeah, that. yeah. Like it just got insane. Yeah, it did. And like you know, the pins started happening then, yeah. and yeah, like it was. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, obviously don't follow these characters. I knew Marufuji, you know, was the champion, but I really didn't know who was going to win. Like, yeah, there was no sort of telegraphing with it. It Mm-mm. was just like, you know, each person got their fair share of momentum. You know, and then kind of at the end. It was, you know, especially early on, you'd have, like, long periods of control where each guy was kind of beating the hell out of the other. But, like, yeah, towards the end, it was just all bets were off. And, you know, after that moment with all the crazy back suplexes, it happened a couple of times where, like, Mara Fuji would super kick Kenta at the Uh same time Kenta would hit him with the knee and they would go down at the same time. Uh, But another one of my favorite parts was, like, after Mara Fuji 
got hit with the go to sleep finally. Uh, but he got his foot on the rope. Then he gets up and he and Kenta are just running the ropes yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. an insane rate, like back and forth. They keep missing each other. And they're like, whoa, 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 what's going to happen? Then finally they hit the double kick and knee again, and they're both just out. And it's like, Hell. holy fuck. Well, and there are lots of times when they were like flipping each other over where they just landed on their feet and yeah. just kept going. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was, it was just like, you didn't know, like they would pull off these moves sometimes, but then like, you know, they would, you know, not get out of them, but just recover yeah. and just go back at it. Yep. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just a very... Uh, physical and that's just know, a hallmark yeah. of the japanese strong style mm -hmm. and kind of building to that crescendo at the end and the, you know those last few minutes back and forth counters counters pins big strikes and just like how and you know how is this going to end yeah and uh mara fuji does the one man spanish fly off the top when he kind of had him and like jump and mm -hmm. flipped him over yeah. and that didn't do it and then he picked him up for the tiger flosion tiger flosion and Explosion. It's fascinating to yeah. watch. It was I'm just glad. brutal. It was just compelling. I mean, I'll and, spend uh, hours just watching. Yeah, this yeah, shit. And, and it just kept topping itself when I didn't think it would continue to, or why, when I didn't think it was like possible to. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's the style, baby. Yeah, yeah, the crescendo. It, yeah, definitely a lot more sporty. Yep, most definitely. Well, now that we've cracked open our forbidden door into Japanese wrestling, you can expect more if you recall reviews from Japanese wrestling. And I can't wait. Me too. All right. We head into Diet Pepsi territory with our Star Wars Episode One cans. And we kick it off with Queen Amidala and Padme. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? You didn't prepare, did you? No. What the? Uh, Come on, man. Like, was this because of that stupid meeting you were at last night? Like, now, first we have the copyright, and now, come on, like, this was such a great show. We were on a roll, and I'm so happy you loved the, the Noah match, and now I can't believe, like, Oh, I'm just so frustrated with all I this shit. I don't think you realize how much it has taken out of me to get this show to where it is. Like, to get it from episode zero to one off the ground. And I just get into this one thing and you lose it on me and just, just exhaust me, you know, and like... I know I get into things, you know, I kind of, you know, will dive headfirst into things just like I've dove headfirst into this. And like, I don't know, sometimes I get way too caught up in things and I'm caught up in something right now. And I just don't know if you really understand, like, where I'm at. You know, I think I do actually understand. Um, especially cause last week I had to do the editing myself. Um, and right. it just wasn't the same. I mean, heck we've talked about this on all these other podcasts we've been on, like the editing process and doing this together and laughing at all the sound effects and everything has been like the most fun part of this show. And now that I had to do it by myself, like it just wasn't the same. And it's like, is this even worth doing anymore? Uh, I mean, we've gotten so far off the path, off the track, so to speak. Um, I mean, and it's still been great, but it's just all this outside distraction, all this Turner shit. Like, 
it was funny first. It was all fun and games. And it was, and it was a blast. And yeah. now it's just gone way too far. Yeah. Um, you know, uh... But I do want to say I am sorry for, you know, the way I've kind of treated you over these past few weeks with, you know, getting upset about this and that and all the Turner shit. And right now, like, I am sorry. Like, well, I'm, I'm sorry for being flaky. But and kind uh, of getting, getting lost in this, you know. Uh, I thought it would make things better, and now it's making things worse. And yes, it is. Well, I say <sighs> let's once and for all yeah. let's put the book of Turner behind us. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe it's it's gone too far. I think you know, so. I think it'll be fine. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. What is that? What is that music? What is that, pal? Oh, God! What is going on with you? Is that your arm? Oh, is that to glow it? What the f- ah. Are you kidding me? What ah. is this? The Book of Turner. Fiber Optic, Chapter 4. In the time slots, after the fall of the satellite, the world again resettled into nations of original programming. And there was a nation that was Ted's chosen people, and they were called World Championship Wrestling. But they were a meek people, full of nobility, wisdom, and virtue, and soon were acquired by a nation of rawness, power, and attitude. One day, Ted said to his disciple, Sting, Go to King Vince and tell him to let WCW go. He is a very stubborn braggart and it will take many signs and miracles before he will let you go. So take the WCW World Championship belt and then everyone will know that I am Ted when I finally free WCW. So Sting did what Ted asked and went to King Vince and asked him to let WCW go. But Vince just laughed and said, Your people belong to WWF now, and I will not let WCW go. Then they took the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt and threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent and the voice of Ted rang from all around Vince you with hardness of heart you who forsake my will I will bring plagues upon your podcast until you let my people go and by this you shall know that I am Ted <laughs> You know that you know. I know that guy. I know that voice. I know that voice. I know. I said, yeah. It, it is not just the exec. It is the grand high exec. You sure think it is. the execs that have come in here are scary? No. Like this guy invented fear. Well, you know man. what? Like, well, you know what? There's no <sighs> way we're letting them stop us from doing this show next week. No fucking way.